0: Listening to the Traditional Outdoors podcast. Hey everyone, Steve here. In lieu of our normal advertising spot this week, I'm actually going to give a shout out to Bob Brum at Great Northern. Bob's been a great supporter of the show, and I noticed this week that he had a ad on Facebook. He's calling it the traditional archery stimulus program. But basically what Bob is doing is he's saying, if you buy a bow from me, I'm going to give you a $50 credit to spend at any traditional archery company of your choice. Obviously, he recognizes that some uh, traditional archery companies could struggle if we experience uh, an extreme downturn in the economy based on this COVID virus. So Bob's trying to do his part to help other companies stay afloat. So if you're thinking about buying a new bow, reach out to Bob at Great Northern Hunting. He doesn't currently have a limit on this offer, and the only exclusion is the field bow is not part of the program. So, any bow at Great Northern, uh, aside from the field bow, gets you that $50 to spend at another traditional archery company. Way to go, Bob. We do appreciate everything you do for us and everything you do for the traditional archery community. Now, on to this week's episode. Welcome to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast, everyone. I'm your host, Steve Angel. I tried to get my boy Nick on the line tonight and I'm just not sure where he's at. We uh we mentioned last week that uh when we when we got on our ramble about coronavirus and Facebook and social media in general that we had a we had a host lined up and, and he got tied up with work and uh been pestering him ever since. I've actually been pestering this gentleman for quite some time. But anyway he reached out to me tonight, said he was available and I jumped up ran down here we got everything hooked up and i think we're ready to go but i haven't heard from nick so he may join us in here at some point but if he doesn't we're gonna have a grand old time anyway so the gentleman that i was talking about last week uh is mr Corey bailey also known as basin boy and i'm sure we'll get into that a little bit but how you doing Corey?
1: i'm doing fine mr steve
0: there you go with that mister stuff again man. I keep telling you, you call me mister and I keep looking for my dad. So <laughs> just call me, just call me Steve or buddy or whatever you <laughs> All right.
1: I'll I'll do my best, okay? But that's just my, my reason. That's just how it is.
0: Yeah, you're just like me. You you if you don't uh, if you don't say uh, mister and ma'am, you feel that you feel that boot in the seat of your pants. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Most most people don't know what that is anymore. You're correct. But in all in all seriousness, I think I started. I mean, you you were on my my short list when when Nick and I started this thing, and that'll tell people how long I've been I've been bugging you. And I thought fi- you finally relented. Now, in fact, I, the day you finally said you know yeah you'd go ahead and do it and to, gave me your address. The first thing I did was ping Nick and said, man. I've been after this guy for over a year and every over time every time I reached out to you said something to the effect of, "Man, I'm a nobody. You don't want me on your."
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly how I feel. I'm I'm nobody in the big picture, trust me.
0: But you know what, Corey, to be perfectly honest, these are the kind of discussions that I really enjoy the most. And that's not to discredit. I mean, we've had some great, you know, name uh, recognizable names on the show um, you know the guys that I won't say they've made a, a living doing this kind of stuff although we have had some but I mean you know they're they're very well known and I really enjoy it and I love talking to them but personally I enjoy these conversations the best and in my opinion some of the best content that that you know Nick and I have put out there have been you know these sorts of conversations and I've really been looking forward to it and I've I've, I've watched a bunch of your videos. We'll, you know what? We'll get into all that. Um, right. So, I don't. And again, I don't know if I think I kind of mentioned this before we started recording. I don't know if you uh, even remember trading conversations. I don't ever think we instant messaged any, each other for anything. But we've. Uh, I've known you for many years through TradGang. Um, in fact, that's how I actually hooked up and got to be friends with you on facebook was because of trad gang got you um and i i'll be perfectly honest i i haven't i haven't followed any forum for a while um so it's a, you know some of those discussions have have been long gone but right. you you've been putting out youtube videos or, or videos of of your escapades in the woods for some time now right
1: yes that is correct yeah i kind of backed off a little bit here you know the last couple of years but besides hog hunting and, uh and the bear hunts but yeah I, I i've tried to keep the camera rolling but it's it's a struggle to do it all you know to to get it all down on film and, and make the shot happen that's that's where it starts to become uh, a job at, at times
0: especially especially when you're already handicapping yourself with a uh, a longbow recurve and you you've got and i say handicapping i'm not talking about from a perspective of actually making a shot i'm more talking about the the additional movement you don't have the you don't have the luxury of being able to hold it full draw for extended right. period. it just makes it a lot harder and i've gotten personally i've gotten busted many times fooling with a with a, a camera or camera arm um where if i'd left the camera at home i'd probably have another animal in the freezer but but that's okay. True. Too.
1: That's True. Okay. Yes, you are correct. Yes.
0: <laughs> so Corey, I guess, you know, to, to kind of get into this thing and get started, I guess for those that, that don't know you, and I know there are a lot of people that do, but for those that don't know who Corey Bailey is, you know, tell us, tell us all a little bit about yourself and, and then we'll, then we'll talk a little bit about your, your traditional journey.
1: Okay. Yeah. Well, I was born and raised right here in South Louisiana. Y'all probably can tell from a little bit of my accent because they, they pick me out no matter what part of the country I go to. I get picked out. You're from Louisiana. I'm like, how'd you know? So, uh, but yep, born and raised right here. Started hunting in the big swamp of the Chaffa La Basin from a very early age. My dad was a, a big deer hunter and he drugged me around when he could. He had four boys, so, you know, it was uh, who was going with him this time. Couldn't take us all, but uh, got to give my dad credit for, for you know, dragging us out there when he could because I know it's uh, took away a lot of his time putting up with us boys.
0: And was that did you start hunting with a bow back in those days, or were you like most of us chasing with a 22 rifle or a 410 or something like that?
1: Right, yeah. Well, I was all gun hunting back then, my dad never was a bow hunter so it was all gun hunting and most of it was the deer hunting was with deer dogs my grandpa raised deer dogs and that's where i killed my first deer with a remington model 1100 with some number one buckshot uh right in front of a pack of walker hounds just burning him up and it was a little three-point i still have that deer's rack to this day
0: i and, uh, i still have i still have the first one i ever took uh, myself uh and those eleven hundreds, man, I owned one for many years. I, I I regret on a regular basis that I sold that thing. Um, those those were beautiful, reliable guns. Yes,
1: sir. They were. They were. Do you but like I say? I,
0: do you ahead. still have it?
1: I still do have it. Yes, sir. I do. I have almost every gun that I started with. To whatever gun I got, I only sold one gun in my my lifetime. And you know, probably regret that one, but it was a rifle and I just needed one so I didn't I got rid of the other one.
0: So when when and how did you did you get into bow hunting?
1: I didn't get into bow hunting until I I got out and got a job running crew boats to a drilling rig. And all this the whole crew on the drilling rig, they all were from Mississippi, all over Mississippi. They were big hunters so you know we clicked right away and one of the guys on there said man you ought to get in a bow hunt man i said man i really like to i just never had the opportunity you know i wouldn't know where to start so he's like come on up to mississippi and, and we'll, we'll get you lined up so i did i went up to his house columbia mississippi and uh we we went to a bow shop and got me fitted up with a pse Thunderflight express man look out <laughs> and the journey started And from that day forward, I I didn't want to gun hunt anymore. You know, and of course, they gave you a lot more time in the woods because you could start October 1st here in Louisiana. And, uh, you know, I'd hunt all the way up into the gun season, and then I'd pick the gun up some, you know. But the more I bow hunted, the more I wanted to bow hunt, and it was just wide open. It got to where I'd pack the bow during gun season. I'd pack them both for a while, the bow and the gun just in case he was close enough. But, you know, usually it's vice versa. You're going to see him far before you see him close. But it just got to where I quit packing it, you know, the, the rifle. I'm just like, you know what? Most of my shots are within 30 yards anyway because the area that I hunted was always thick terrain. So I just, I just started leaving the gun behind. And, you know, the journey with the bow was rolling then. I mean, I did that for probably close to 20 years before I ever picked up a trad bow.
0: So you started, you started with, with firearms and then you, now how many years did you hunt with firearms before you picked up the bow? Roughly. Just curious.
1: Roughly. Uh, I'd probably say, I mean, let me think, just saying if I started gun hunting around, I was 15, I think I was 22 whenever I picked up the compound.
0: Okay. So, So, and mine, you know, mine was a little different. I mean, it's, it's, I I started out bow hunting, the first animal I ever, the first big game animal I ever took was with a bow. And then I started gun hunting, but I kept, I mean, I kept bow hunting. It was just, I hunted bow season. And then I started with the guns and progressively I tried to make that more of a challenge by going all the way, you know, I hunted with handguns for quite a few years. Um, wow. and then, you know, the, the, the lure of the, what ended up being the longbow, I actually started with a recur, but that's what, that's what put an end to my gun hunting was once I, once I killed a whitetail with a, with a trad bow, man, it was, I had no desire to carry anything else in the woods whatsoever. <laughs> um, yep. so you, you you mentioned, you mentioned your, your trad journey starting. So, and, and I kind of, uh, because we were talking about another video that you've done and I want to try to keep that video a little bit separate, but, um, so tell us, you know, how did you, how did you get introduced to, um, traditional archery? What was what what took place there? Well, what took
1: place there was uh, I was on, I want to think I was on Archery Talk, if I remember right. And there was a, a swap hunt forum. You post what you're looking for, you know, and what you want in trade and uh, what you have in trade. So I, I think I remember I made a post, you know, that I wanted to hunt. One of the big three, Illinois, Iowa, Kansas for whitetails. And, you know, in Louisiana, we have great fishing duck hunting deer hunting when it's not that great but you know it's deer and then uh, i had hog hunting that i you know i was always hog hunting because we had a lot of hogs here and some guy from illinois responded and said hey you know i'm interested in this hog hunting you know tell me more so we swapped numbers and we started talking and i eventually he said look just buy your license you got to buy you know you got to apply for it early in april i think it was he says, don't worry, you're going to have a place to hunt. You know, you're going to get to come hunt. Because, you know, back then it was like $400, I think, for the license in Illinois. So I did, as he said, I bought my license online and uh, went up there, and that was Mr. Willie Runnels. Never seen a man before a day in my life and drove all the way to Illinois. I think it was 12 hours and, and met him, and uh, it started a lifelong friendship. He was He was strictly traditional. He had never... Gun hunted he had never bow hunted with a compound, and I think he didn't start till he was like forty years old, hunting with a traditional bow for deer, and at that time, I think he was around fifty, so it was it was like ten years he had hunted, and he he'd kill a lot of deer he was he was a heck of a shot, he won lots of tournaments in Illinois. He was just a great shot for me to watch him shoot. you know, I was in awe because it was so simple you know to stick in the string and to watch him be able to hit what he was looking at without any sights or any you know gadgets no rest it really intrigued me so we hunted together for many years and he watched and seen how good i could shoot with that compound and how far i could shoot so he got intrigued so i'm wanting to be on his side but he's kind of wanting to switch to my side (laughs) (laughs) so (laughs) <laughs> so, you know, and I tried to dabble with the traditional stuff with him, but, you know, I just you just couldn't get get the light switch to come on, you know, and I ended up ordering me a little, uh, I don't even remember what it was, if it was uh, a Shakespeare or something, off of eBay, cheap, just to play with, it, you know, and I fought with it, and I played with it, and, and I shot it at home, and I'd bring it up there with him and shoot, but like I said, the light switch just never really came on for a while. So, you know, and Willie, he jumped over to the compound side and he started whacking deer at 50 yards. He said, you know, my traditional friends, they quit talking to me. (laughs) That will happen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we both know how it is, you know, once you get addicted to it. But he he just couldn't stand to see them big bucks walking out in them big fields, you know, just out of his range. So he was like, you know what, I'm going to get me one of these. I think it was a Matthews DXT he bought and uh. I mean, he killed some critters with it. He he just couldn't get over it. He started videoing, too. But we, we had a blast, him and I, hunting together every year. He, you know, he'd come down and hog hunt with me, and i go up and deer hunt with him. And it was just a great friendship, you know. And uh, so he, I ended up buying me a, a seeing a guy on Archer Talk posting he was going to start billing bows. If, would anybody be interested in buying one? and it was like five hundred dollars for a custom recurve three-piece and i'm like you know what i think i'm gonna give this a shot so i ordered one with the guy it came in and i just i did i said i'm gonna get this when i'm set my mind that i want to do something i'm gonna do it and i worked and i shot and i shot and i read on track gang and the other forums the leather wall and i I asked questions. I even posted some videos of me shooting. What am I doing wrong? You know, I can't be consistent out past twelve, fifteen yards. And of course, you know, you get a lot of feedback. And I just kept working at it till finally the light switch came on. When that light switch came on, is I think that was when I switched to three under. That's when it really started lining up, you know, and I really started being able to put hours where I wanted to. And I shot. I mean I shot daily. I just I just shot a lot of arrows. <clears throat> and the, the cool thing is is that in ninety-eight I got target panic so bad with a compound that I couldn't hit the broadside of a barn. I mean I had it bad. Whenever I realized what I had, I had to go to archery an shop and ask my friend. I said, Man, look, I just can't hit nothing no more. I mean, I need some help. I need you to tell me what I'm doing wrong. This guy gave me a uh a release. He it here. Try this release. Well, unbeknownst to me, it was a the can't punch release. In other words, it was just a false trigger. You 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 could pull it all day long, and it wasn't going to shoot. And I punched that thing, and my body convulsed. And <laughs> he went to laughing, and it really hurt my feelings. I mean, when he went to laughing, it really hurt my feelings. But he said, "You got target panic." I'm like, "What's that? I never heard of." It. He's right. like, "Cool." So anyway. Once I started shooting traditional, I didn't have target panic because I didn't have that trigger you know I guess that's what it right. was it was yep. the, the the trigger for me and I didn't have target panic and like my scores on the first time I shot three d with with that recurve I shot a one fifty four and my best with my compound would be like a one sixty eight that was my 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 area where I stayed with a compound on twenty target course so I was like, hey, this ain't bad for my first time, you know? I'm like, I, I'm I'm going to get pretty good with this thing if I keep shooting. And I did. You know, I shot a lot and, and I got pretty consistent. So that's kind of where it all started with Mr. Willie Runnels.
0: So how, Corey, how long have you again, I'm going to ask you to do math. Sorry to put you on the spot for doing math. But <laughs> how many years have you been hunting primarily with uh, a traditional bow? It
1: started in Two thousand ten is when I, I pretty well said, Okay, I'm gonna hunt, you know, with with trad bow only. Once I once I, I made that first, that first that first trip, I went to Nebraska. The first year I, I said I'm gonna go strictly trad. I went to Nebraska, public land. I shot I shot I think it was a nine point. You know, borderline Pope and young buck. And then I shot a ten point like Within five days of that one, that was borderline Pope and Young and a shot of doe. And I'm like, that's it. I'm hooked now. You know, that's, I'm all in here. <laughs> that was all within a week period. I had two weeks off. Then I dropped down to Kansas, and that's when I killed that giant buck. He ended up uh, netting 187, if Ooh. I remember right, or gross 187, whatever. I think he was gross 187 and 38 or something like that. But yeah, back to back, three bucks, you know, within a two week period, and that was it. I was all in from that point forward. You know, of course, it, it's a downhill slide from there from one eighty seven.
0: <laughs> this is true. But you've you've taken some you've taken some really really nice animals over the last few years, and I'll tell you, um, one of one of the reasons that that. Uh, I, I remember those animals and take a little pride in them. You you knocked a few down with those single bevel Magnus heads that I had Thunder Valley build me there for a while and was selling you know through Simply Traditional because um, I kept watching and I'd, I'd I'd look at the picture to see if it was one of those <laughs> Magnus heads that you were shooting. But uh, you know I I know you've killed I know you've killed several you know good sized bucks and and that man that bear uh i don't know i i I watched a bunch of your videos and i i really don't know which one i want to talk about first but i tell you what since since you you've been talking about willie i i would like you know folks to hear about the the tribute video you did because both nick and i both just absolutely loved that video so um, awesome and i'll make sure i leave some links in in the uh, show notes for this so people can find those those um videos or your your youtube channel but tell us a little bit about that that tribute video
1: well woolly uh he he came down with ALS Lou Gehrig's disease and he was actually down hog hunting with me down here in Louisiana and he, his boy has cerebral palsy been in a wheelchair since he's five and I kept telling will not you bring his son's name's walker I said why don't you bring walker down here and let's get him on some hogs and uh he said, yeah, well, I, you know, I, if you don't mind, I said, heck no, I don't mind, man. Bring that boy. I'd love to have him and love to put him on some animals. So we did. He And he killed He killed a few hogs. But he was packing Walker from his wheelchair to the blind, and he tripped and fell. And I said, you know, y'all all right? Y'all all right? He said, yeah. So we got him up. And that was kind of the start of when he, you know, started realizing something wasn't right. His legs just kept getting weaker and weaker. Well, I don't think he lasted like five years. Once he was diagnosed, he just went on a steady downhill slide. Mm. And he, you know, he he thought the world of me and like I did him. But he gave me a bunch of his old stands that he, you know, he knew he wasn't gonna use. He said, "You go get that stand over here," which I knew where they all were at because I've been hunt with him for like thirteen years at that point. Right. And he gave me all his stands and stuff. But he had a hawk and fifty caliber that he had. I think he'd build it from a kit, if I'm not mistaken. It looked like a CVA. It, I'm pretty sure. It, yeah, a CVA is it? CVA makes the Hawkin?
0: They used to. It's. I mean, and it would probably be about the right timeline. The first, the first Hawkin I ever had was a CVA that I built from a kit. And I, when I was looking at that video, it it looked awful familiar. Now I, I don't know for certain that it was, but it kind of looked like it.
1: Well, I'm not sure either. said I'd have to go back and look at it because my, my memory is very short term. Uh, I can't retain very much like that. But I, I know it's a beautiful gun. It's got the brass butt plates and all that. And he's got that uh, leather tassels on it with the, the strap and all. But he, he said, Corey, I want you to have this gun. He said, but if, if you hang it on the wall and use it as a keepsake, he said, I'm going to haunt you. <laughs> he said, I want you to use this gun and hunt with it and kill stuff. He says, because I know you can. I said, and I'll, I will. I said, I'll, I will take it out every year. I said, that's that's a guarantee. So I had took been taking it out, and uh, I, it seemed like every time I'd go to the woods, there'd be hogs, you know, and, and I was filming, trying to film a lot at that time. And uh, I did uh, kill a few hogs with it and got it all on film. And I just wanted to put together a little video, you know, with a tribute to my old buddy after he passed because uh, I had a bunch of his pictures from whenever he shot, you know, traditional really hot and heavy and I put those in in the back of the video, you know, just a little slideshow and it was it was a cool video. It, I really miss my old buddy, i tell you what. I wish, I guess one of the regrets I had is that, or have, is that we did not hunt traditionally together. I never made it to that point while he was still well and, and, and could hunt.
0: Well, it was it was a great video, and as much as I love watching you know self film uh, guys hunting and being successful on film, uh, I'll be honest the the end of that video with the with the simple man playing in the back and the photos coming up was probably my favorite part of the whole video. It was really really cool, very cool great. tribute. Um, Appreciate it. So anyway, folks, if you listen to this, get out there and check it out. It it it's definitely worth watching. You, I mean, you you almost felt like you you knew Willie by the time it got to the end of it, and I I'd, I'd never heard the man's name before, so it was very cool, very cool. Yep. Um. So uh, on a brighter note, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about your bear hunting. I've actually got a a spring bear hunt coming up myself uh, in June. Um, myself and and Tom and and we're actually going to be hunting uh an area north of montreal and i don't want you to go into specifics but what's the general area that that most of your videos i'm assuming they're they're all on the same place or are they different places
1: yes sir they were on the same place up there in uh, ontario canada near kenora okay yep
0: and the um how many bears have you taken up there now Cor?
1: uh i made two trips two you know two springs and uh, i've taken a bear each each trip
0: so i want to talk to you about that chocolate phase bear because that was a that was a gorgeous bear there was a another uh man there's so many things i want to talk to you about i hope i can even get through all these tonight um the the other video that you did with the the uh the buddy you had hunting with you who, who shot the really big bear who was who was that that was
1: jason boggala
0: jason boggala Yes, sir.
1: He's not big online. He doesn't do a lot of posting on on the forums, a whole bunch. But uh, he he's, he's, uh he had a blast that trip.
0: Man, you guys were covered up with bears. They were everywhere.
1: Everywhere. It just kept getting bigger. I'm like, that's a good bear. And then he'd be like, I'm going to wait for a bigger one. And then we look, oh, that's a big bear. And then he'd run that other one off, and we'd wait for him to settle down. And look, here comes another bear. I'm like, oh, man, this is, this is a, a heck of a hunt turning out right here.
0: Now is he is he someone that you've hunted with a lot, or is it just someone you hunt you've hunted bears with?
1: No, we've we've deer hunted together out of state some and uh, back home. I've had him come down and hunt with me on the uh, Tackapaw WMA right there. I had my little houseboat out there. We spent a lot of time together uh, through the years, bow hunting, sh- uh, shooting three D, and just hanging out. You know, fishing.
0: So one thing about that video, and again, I do want to talk about that chocolate phase bear, because I'll be honest, that one one really got me fired up about my hunt. But um, I I think that was the first video that I noticed um, one of you were hunting with a saddle. Um, And then I've seen videos after that where you were hunting in a saddle. So uh, who introduced who to the saddle? Uh I it'd be
1: Jason that introduced me to the saddle. Yeah, he was he was kinda like the first one to start out trying it out and, and he loved it. I mean he loved it so much on on that bear hunt. I don't know if it was last year's bear hunt or the year before. He actually moved Greg's lock on out the way, spun it out the way instead of climbing it and sitting there on it
0: and hung his saddle there. I'm like, Boy, you're dedicated <laughs> <laughs> So what's your what's your thoughts? So we're man, we're all over the place here, but that's okay. What's your what's your thoughts on the saddle?
1: I I think it has its place. Uh, I'm still tweaking mine and trying to get it to where I'm comfortable, because you know that was the biggest part. I, I took it to Camp, uh, Colorado last year, and I climbed a tree before daylight over a water hole and didn't climb down till after dark, and I said I'd never sit in it again after that day, but. You know, it has its place it's not all day to me it's not an all-day thing. You're not gonna sit in that thing all day and be comfortable uh, even though I had my platform and all it just it just wasn't comfortable. My knees were hurting my legs were hurting it wasn't my back I hear a lot of people complain about the back but as uh, far as hiking in long ways on public land uh, you know and, and, and doing you know four hour hunts I'd say yeah but generally when I go in that far I want to stay all day because I'm so far back. Sure. So it's kind of like a toss-up. Do I uh, pack a little more extra weight, make sure I'm comfortable in that st- you know, to sit there all day? So I don't know. It's I still got mine. I didn't sell it. I was I was ready to sell it after that 14-hour sit. I can promise you that. But I kept it. I still got it, and I still hunt out of it. Like I said, I shot that buck in Oklahoma that I videoed uh, this past season out of it. You know, so it, it's got its place. But I'll never get rid of my tree stand.
0: You know me either. Now, I will tell you this. I did get rid of my climber. In fact, I sold my climber to buy the saddle. Um, and in my opinion, that was a really good trade, and I, I would never go back to a, a climbing stand. However, I'm kind of like you. It doesn't replace some of my, my hang-ons. Um, Correct. And I'm I probably hunting at least most of the time i'm probably hunting in a little bit different terrain maybe than than you i rarely have an all day sit now i may stay in the woods all day right but it usually at some point during the day usually around midday once the once the sun's got everything warmed up you know i'll probably come down at some point maybe you know hike out a little ways sit down and have my lunch and then I'm, I'm relocating after lunch because the thermal I'm hunting hill country. So yes, sir. thermals are going to change. Things are just going to change. And you know, you're, you're better off to make a, make a move than stay in one spot. Right. That said, I have had no trouble in the saddle with my, my legs or knees bothering me or hurting me and not so much my back hurting me. My problem. And I think, I think what I've got to do, and I, I actually need to get started on it here pretty soon. I think I'm going to need to start doing some. I, I need to do some research and figure out some back exercises that I can do because I start getting spasms in my back, and I think it's where I'm trying to hold myself still. And you know, your your whole time you're in the saddle, you're you're wanting to pivot. You know. Oh yes, sir. And, and I think it's just that that slight but constant holding pressure that you put on your back that makes my back start having spasms and when it does i've got to i've got to try to stretch those out and i've actually been busted a couple times because i'm moving trying to stretch that muscle spasm out um and and i'll you know i'll hear a whiff or something look around you know a whitetail caught me moving because of that right yes Uh, i
1: think you it's hard to be still in them because you're always wanting to pivot around move around readjust to get comfortable
0: right so I'm like you, I don't, I don't, I don't, think it's a, I don't think it's an end all be all. I think it's a great tool. I do a lot of hunting on public land where I have to, you know, I'm walking a couple miles, anywhere from a mile to two miles in. Uh, and for that, man, it's a, it's a godsend, but I'm like you, I'm, I'm not going to use it all the time.
1: Correct. Yes, sir. I agree with you 100% on that one.
0: So let's, let's get back to your, your, your bear hunt, your ch. I want to know about that chocolate bear hunt. So, um, <laughs> how many is that is that the first chocolate phase bear you had seen yes
1: yes well we'd seen some on the road you know driving uh so we knew they were there but the the first year i didn't see any color phase and that was the first one that i had seen while hunting there
0: so for those that have not seen the video and i hope they go and check that out but um it's just it's just me and Corey sitting around the campfire talking about that hunt walk me through that Walk me through that hunt.
1: Well, this this outfitter that we go with, he uh, he let us go set up a new bait. It's like, hey, we want to go check out this area. Can we go set up a bait? He said, yeah, here's a bow right here. You know, grab some bait. So we did. We took off and we went down. And found this old old logging road. We went down it, and you know, we found some sign. I said, let's let's try here. So we put up a barrel, we strapped it to the tree with a ratchet strap, and and I put up one of my trail cameras t- to see. So we waited like two or three days, and we went back. And it was there it was two chocolates and a huge, I mean huge, biggest bear we'd seen on camera, black bear there. So it was kind of like a toss-up, you know, who's going to hunt this spot? <laughs> we all, you know, we was going to flip coins, and finally said, nah, you go hunt it, you know, you go hunt it. I said i love to have a color phase, you know. So I went hunting. I went uh went there to, with my stand on my back, and when I got there, the chocolate was there already. And he started hoofing at me, and he ran up the side that mountain and just sat down and watched me hang my stand in that tree. So I was a little unnerving, So after I got it, everything settled in, here comes the bear comes back down the hill. I'm like, wow, no way. He comes down to here and comes all the way to the base of my tree, which if y'all watch the video, you'll see this bear at the base of my tree. And so I'm just filming. I'm, I ain't even took my bow off the hanger. I'm just, I'm just filming because, you know, it's early. I, I mean, I think I got in there at 2 o'clock. It don't get dark till like 9, 9.30. So this bear is just sitting around, and, and then finally it decides it wants to come up there. I guess in sitting to stand with me, I don't know what he was thinking. When, it, when, when he stood up and put both paws on that tree, I kind of like, like, all right now. I just kind of talked to him. And then he kind of looked up at me. Then he raised that back leg up, and I said, hold. I started kicking the branches Then I'm like, right, you got to go now. This, this is getting a little too carried away, buddy. So he ended up sitting down and then moseying around. And then I, I think it left at that point. And a while later, it came back. And it, it ate a little while, and then I hear something, and I see it looking. Here comes the other chocolate. It comes in, and it runs it, it off, and, and then it eats a while. They did this like three times, and I still hadn't decided I wanted to shoot yet. I knew it wasn't a giant bear, but I didn't have a chocolate. So I'm, I'm watching these two go back and forth, back and forth, running each other off. And then, uh, you know, kind of hoping that big black bear was coming would come in because he was huge. I mean, it was a huge bear.
0: So, so, not I got to interrupt you. So, if if the if the large black bear had come in, you would have, you would have taken him over the chocolate face.
1: I would have. Okay. Because it was it was huge. I mean, huge. I I don't know if I see any pictures in that video of that bear. It may be, but he was sitting down at that barrel, and he was just huge. So I was like, you know, that bear comes in, I'm going to shoot it. That's why I hadn't shot any of the chocolates yet, because they were running back and forth all evening. So, you know, and finally, I'm like, you know what? Because we had all kind of talked that evening, the three of us, me, Bagala, and Greg Gravois. We had all kind of talked about, hey, you know, let's all tag out if we can this evening. That way we can go fishing, because the fishing up there is just out of this world. And we really had a good time the year before fishing. So it was like, all right, let's do it. So here I am letting these bears go, you know, when I could have shot. So, you know, finally this other one comes in, and it, and it looks really big to me, you know, because this all fluffed up and, and beautiful, and it finally comes in. I let it get to the barrel and, and, and start eating, and it it stood up and turned. And once I made my mind up, I picked my bull up off the hanger and, and got ready, got the camera lined up. And, uh, I don't think the shot was more than 12, 13 yards from where I had my, my stand, And I made, you know, made the shot. The bear did not run, but maybe another 10 yards and stopped. And, you know, you can see it going down on the video. And then I'd never heard the death moan before. And that that was eerie. That was an eerie feeling. I mean, it really shook me up. And you probably can tell on the video after. I I wasn't even calmed down yet, but I was like, you know, wow, that that was awesome. Just, uh, you know, hear that. it was it
0: was something special and and i'll be on so a couple things i i I do want to bring up that you you didn't touch on but first i will say um and i've talked about this many times on the on the podcast everything i do as far as traditional archery is about hunting I, i mean i'm a hunter first everything else comes last hunting is my, is, is my primary goal. And as a hunter, I don't know that, and, and I've heard a few, I've never heard one personally. I've heard, you know, several, uh, in videos like yours and so forth of that, that death moan. And I'll be honest, it makes me very uneasy. Um, and not from a, not from a perspective, I'm, I'm afraid or anything like that, but it, it, you can't help but have a soft spot for those animals. I, at least I can't, I mean, you know, I'm sure there's some people out there that would probably brush that off and say, uh, no big deal. But to me, I, I honestly don't know how that's going to affect me if I'm fortunate enough to take a bear in June. Um, cause it's, it's a bit, it's a bit rough for me to listen to. And like I said, I'm a hunter. I'm, I'm, I'm all about putting stuff in the freezer, but anyway, Correct. it's, it's, he put he it's it's something to listen to. I I've, I've never heard one that carried on the way that one did. Um but you knew what it was when you heard it and you could no tell doubt. from the shot he wasn't going far. Right.
1: Yeah, it it, it did affect me cuz like you I I guess I you know, yes, I am a hunter. And and that is what we do. But when I shoot one, I really don't want to see that part. I want them to run off where I can't see them. And and you know that's that part you don't want, really want to see it you know, uh, but I understand exactly what you're saying. It's what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, and I'll be honest with you, Corey. There's a big part of me that hopes that never goes away. I think that's that's what, in in my opinion. And I'm not judging other people. So if you don't feel this way, don't think I'm judging you. But for me, that's that's what separates me from a, from being a hunter versus just a killer. To me, killer. It, you know, it, and I, I feel the same thing with white tail. I'm kind of like you. If I see a white tail go down in sight, um, unless it's the rare situation where, you know, they just pile up and that's it, and they're
1: dead on their feet, right? Right.
0: And I've seen that happen a few times, but most of the time, it's a little bit more drawn out than that. And it's it. I'm like I kind of like you. I'm uh, I'm a little grateful of the times when that happens and it's out of my sight at the right. At the same time, I like the reminder when it when it does happen within sight i mean it's it's hard to explain. I wish I could explain it better, but I think there's a lot of hunters out there that that know what we're talking about it's not it's not easy to watch
1: right right yeah it's, it's definitely uh i mean you know you're taking an animal's life, yes, that's what they're here for for us you know but uh it, it's it's still you still take an animal's life
0: It makes it all very real
1: correct yes sir
0: uh so the only thing and you know after that moment of of seriousness now i got to break it up a little bit and say the only thing i was disappointed with man is you was using a stinger and not one of those single bubbles <laughs> <laughs>
1: and i don't remember i don't remember why i didn't use them that trip uh, but i still have them i still have those heads and they were they were in the quiver on one of my bowls i mean i'm always switching up it just depends on what's flying good for me you know what i feel like i want to shoot uh sure. but i did have them uh I, th- I thought i had them on that self-bow this year when i was hunting with that self-bow i want to think i did on them wood iris you know
0: well i tell you it's um you know i i i, I, I joke about it a little bit i've never hunted with the the magna stingers um or the um what's the ones that have the the serrated blades; those are called something else. Buzz cuts, maybe. Uh,
1: yeah, the buzz cuts.
0: Um, I've never hunted with either of those, but years ago, and you'll you might even remember these as well, Corey. I don't know. I don't think we're too far apart in age, but I hunted with Satellite Titans for several years um, mm-hmm. with a compound, and to look at those things, you would think they were today by 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 the standards I use today, you would think they were. Pretty fragile, but um, I've actually still got somewhere a, a vertebra of a whitetail that I actually put one of those things through. Now it broke one of the blades, but overall it it held up. They were pretty doggone tough. It did um, the job. It did do the job, but that those remind me of the the Magnus Stingers a little bit. But I've never I've never tried them. But Jerry Russell uh, and Jerry's I don't know if you know Jerry or not, but Jerry's who I know of him. Jerry's who Tom and I'll be hunting with um, in June. And yep. man, he swears by those 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 stingers. He he, and he kills a bunch of animals with them. But uh,
1: I, I I have shot a bunch with them. I can promise you that. And then, uh, you know they do they do the
0: job. <laughs> and I, but I am I am glad you still have some of the the Magnus heads. Though. I do. I sure do. So you kind of mentioned it there, and that was that was another thing I wanted to kind of uh, talk about or get into a little bit here. Uh, cause I mentioned this to, to Nick the other night, I kind of hate him. He, he wasn't able to make it. I know he had several things that he wanted to touch on with you and I probably will forget something, but <laughs> one thing that I have noticed is you, you you're, you're kind of like, you're kind of like me. You hunt with whatever kind of suits you at the moment. You, you hunt with a recurve, you hunt with a uh, longbow and you hunt with self-bows. Yes, correct. A- and black powder. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen that yep. too. Yep. So, ha- have you taken any have you taken any critters with your with your self
1: Uh, I sure have. I have taken a couple hogs with it. Uh I did miss a really nice buck with it in uh, Oklahoma this year. Just <laughs> just before the day before I shot that littler buck. Uh, uh I put it in time out the self bow and brought the long bow the next day <laughs> you know i just wanted a, a familiar a familiar friend that uh you know after taking that lick and missing that nice eight point uh i blamed the bow but it wasn't the bow you know it's just i didn't pick a spot i took a shot it was a steep quarter and away shot that you know I've, I've done many times on my targets back home but uh and i just i just didn't make it happen so i blamed the bow but uh yeah, I'm 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 going to hunt with it some more. Uh, I did hunt with it a lot late late season this past year, and uh, I just didn't didn't get any any shots on any deer. You know, it just I had some uh, opportunities, but it was always either too thick or something like that. But yeah, I'll, I'm going to hunt with that bow a lot more. There, Mr. Tommy Robinson Robinson uh, built that bow, and and I got it from him in a trade, and I really like it. It, it really shoots well, and you know, for me, it does. And he said, we're going to, we're going to team up together. He and I here next season. And we're going to, he said, we're going to, we're going to kill some critters. I said, all right, sounds
0: like a plan. And I've, I've seen, I've seen some videos with the self bow. What, what is the self bow? What's, what's the wood?
1: It's Osage. Uh, and it is bamboo backed. He put some bamboo backing on it and it's, it's, it's pretty quick for a self bowing. I mean, it's, it just shoots. I mean, I really like it. Uh, I sure intend to, to to do some damage with it here. Hopefully next season. I just I just I need some more wood arrows. I about broke them all up shooting stuff, shooting hogs with them, because I shot, I think I shot three hogs with it this past this past season, and they just break your arrows up. That's what I I don't like about it.
0: What's the poundage on it?
1: it's 50 at 28 only draw 26 and a half you know so it's it's probably around 45 46 pounds for me somewhere in that neighborhood i hadn't scaled it but that's probably pretty close
0: i'm gonna look and see what i've got Corey. i don't know if i've got any that low but i will tell you one thing if you can find them and you can find um if you can find them that are you're not going to find them perfectly straight, but if you can find them straight enough that you can straighten them and seal them really well, man, I I have fallen in love with hickory arrows for myself, Hickory, Um, yes, sir. And I don't know if you saw that. So I took the first animal that I've taken with a, a primitive bow in 2018, I guess. And I shot that buck and I was expecting, he came, I knew he was alert. I knew he, he knew something wasn't right and I knew he was going to drop and I aimed a little low and he didn't drop at all. And it was one of those Magnus heads. It basically shattered the knuckle on the, it would have been his left side. Um, went caught, got through the heart and actually lodged in the shoulder on the other side. And that deer tore out and probably ran somewhere between 80 to 100 yards through cover crashed into a, a small pond and i just knew that arrow was broken and and gone and when i walked up on him he was he had looked like he had tried to get back out of the water and was laying right at the edge of the um at the edge of the water in the in the pond and i pulled him out and you know that arrow was still intact it did not break <laughs> it it did not crack it I and wow. if it had been if it had been cedar or you know any uh, Douglas fir, pretty much any other. I, I think Sick it was spruce. Yeah, it tore it all to pieces. But that hickory is tough stuff. Just like it um, must be. Ash is too, if you can find them. Right, but they're not. And and I will say this: you can still find ash, and they're probably tougher, um, but they're 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 a lot harder to straighten, in my opinion. You have to use heat, and you have to seal them, and then you still have to check them. But the hickory, once I once I got them straight and sealed them. They stayed, they stayed. They stayed. In fact, I haven't had to straighten them again. Um, nice. And they're heavy. I think the ones that I was shooting my self bow is, I think it's sixty eight or sixty nine. I think at at twenty eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but my arrows were eight hundred and twenty grains, and I was wow. and I was only shooting a a one sixty Magnus up front. So they're very heavy, but right. you know with a, with a with a self bow. Honestly, I don't think I would probably shoot past fifteen yards, so drop just isn't airdrop isn't a big deal. But
1: You're right. So, I'll check them out.
0: And I, I will see if I can find the guy's name. He contacted me through the simply traditional Facebook page and I bought a bunch from him because that was at the time I was still building and selling custom arrows. Um, and if I can find him, I may just message him and see if he's still doing it. And if he is, I'll pass along his information because they were very reasonable. And but I'm gonna check first. I bought like four sets for this bow. I just don't know if any of them are spine low enough that you could get them to work with your bow, even if you had to use right. a, a heavier head. But I'll I will definitely uh, check because I'm not gonna I'm not gonna use them. Um, right. I appreciate it. So the other question that I had about all so you're you're obviously shooting all three um and i'm gonna i'm gonna try to pin you down to this what's your favorite
1: i'd say my palmer lombo is my favorite i mean that's my go-to bow whenever you know if i'm not feeling confident with something i go back to that palmer that's i just shoot it well i mean it's 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 like an old friend that's why i picked it up on that hunt last year it's like you know what grab what you're comfortable with what you know And you go with it. The old Palmer, it don't let me down. It's usually spot on when I
0: shoot it. So in general, would you say you you lean towards longbows more than anything else?
1: I I, I don't know. You know what I think more is the, uh, yes, I, I do really love the longbow. But my longbow is five pounds lighter than my recurve that I'm hunting with. So I think that has a lot to do with. It's like the older I get, the less I want to deal with that heavy weight. You know, and of course, when I go elk hunting now, I mean, I did kill elk, that bull elk with that longbow at 47 pounds when most people said, you know, you're crazy for taking it. But, uh, you know, now I try to take my recurve because I know there are times whenever you're going to not shoot exactly where you really want it to or something's going to happen, you're going to hit that shoulder blade. but i don't think it matters what you're shooting because i mean you see compound guys all the time shooting elk in the shoulder and don't get any penetration but uh you know that's why i mainly i think prefer that longbows because of the lighter weight it's just smooth as butter you know and, and i shoot it well i think that is the reason i shoot it well it's because it's, it's lighter weight
0: sure and i will say you know i'm a uh we all go through. I think we all go through learning phases, and I think you know. I would say, regarding the the lighter bow, the the proper arrow configuration is probably more important than the bow weight, within reason. Yes, sir. Um, within
1: reason, right.
0: That said, I still I still love my heavy bows and I shoot them <laughs> a lot. I know the day's going to come when I'm gonna have to when I'm gonna have to put them down. But as long as I can, man, I just. I love the confidence of knowing I've got a I've got a heavy a heavy bow with a very heavy arrow that man if if I need to break the off shoulder on a steep quarter and angle I know I can do it and I know when I step back from that whether I have to or not, or not I know mentally I'm gonna I'm you know pull away from from some of the shots that I would take today just because I know I can get through. Right. Um, but that man, the right the head, the right arrow, and the the, the narrow tune for the bow means more than again within reason right. than, than the bow weight ever ever did. Um, and yes, I've i probably come to learn that over the years. I'll I'll, I'll eat some crow and say I you know I, I'll admit <laughs> that. But man, I still like my heavy bows. <laughs> so yeah,
1: well they say you should shoot the heaviest bow that you can shoot accurately. You know, so if you're and, gonna hunt
0: understood and i'm 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 lucky in the fact that you know ever since i was a kid i've i've been pretty strong you know upper body wise and and i can do it and it doesn't it just doesn't it's it's not like it it's not like i'm having to work a lot and strain myself i mean it took a while to work up to the heavier weights but it's never been a really a struggle um but i know you know the years the years keep creeping by, man. I know it's going to get me one day, and I'm going to have to stop. But we're going to we're going we're going to try to hold off Father Time as long as we can.
1: That's right. Keep doing it as long as you can.
0: So I, I'm going I'm going to try to keep you keep you close to a, an hour here, Corey. I guess you know probably I'll think about trying to wrap this up. So how have you got any have you got any big hunts planned for for 2020? Anything on the horizon that that I'm going to be interested in hearing the stories about?
1: Um, I'm going back to Nebraska next year, this coming season. I, I hadn't been in, I don't know, four or five years, maybe it's been since I've been up that way. But there's a lot of deer up there and a lot of opportunities. So uh, we're going to go up there with the self-bowls and, and see if we can't get on some, some deer and hopefully possibly a good buck. But I'll be tickled just with a doe, you know what I mean? I, I like the horns, but I like to, I like to stick them to it. It don't matter if it's a buck or a doe
0: man them horns i don't care how long you boil them they just don't tender up
1: <laughs> that's correct you know so you know it, it's it's i do i do hunt racks at times just depends on where i'm at
0: so uh any any and that that's that's fall of this year
1: that's yes this this year okay. this this fall uh I, I we hadn't even set a date when we're planning on going yet i got you we, we we just know we're gonna go uh i'm 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 hoping to go back elk hunting. But, you know, as you probably read, Colorado has made a bunch of the old over-the-counter units and now are going to be draw units. And, and the unit that I used to hunt is now draw unit, So I don't know if I'm going to burn my points to put in for that unit. I'm, it's still kind of up in the air what we're going to do. We may put in a draw for another state. It's just we don't know what we're going to do yet. Right. So uh, that's that's... And I I may do Kansas this year. I hadn't uh decided hundred percent if I'm gonna put in for Kansas yet, but uh it's it's getting close so I'm gonna have to make up my mind. But you know, I'm gonna be somewhere. Mostly probably public land right here at home, but uh I, I definitely wanna get back out of state where the deer numbers are a lot higher and I'll get more opportunities.
0: Now do you hunt do you hunt public land in Kansas?
1: I I have hunted public land in Kansas yes sir okay Uh, when I killed that big deer I was not on public I was on private but uh yeah I do hunt some public there that's why I'm kind of you know tossing up whether I'm gonna go and and fight the public this
0: year or not sure sure and any plans on on returning for bear anytime soon
1: I I about made up my mind you know I skipped this year and uh you know I miss it already I kind of I already talked to the outfitter. I said, "Look, uh, I, I'm I'm skipping this year, but put put my name on the list for next year. I think I'm ready to come back already."
0: Yeah, I'm I'm uh, I'm I, I know I'm going to enjoy it. The good news is here, uh, I live really close to Jerry, and I keep hounding him. Uh, I'm gonna make him do it. I, I actually want to get out and spend some time with him, scouting um, and talking about bear hunting here in Georgia because we have a we have a huge bear population, but we can't bait or run dogs so you really hunt them almost like you do whitetails right. Uh so you know i've got bear opportunity pretty much every year uh but i'm i'm tired of waiting i've had some close calls and i've had some opportunities but i i, I want a bear so right uh, I, yep. dec- I decided to go with jerry this year and then maybe next year we'll i'll figure out how to get one here and in georgia and the the elk thing i get what you're talking about you know tom and i have been putting in for buying elk elk points out in wyoming uh ever since uh, for me ever since we went out there for for antelope i think tom might have been putting in a year or two longer and i don't know that we will ever have enough points to draw a decent unit for for elk because of the point creep Uh, right But I do think we've both pretty much decided within the next couple years we're going to try to go back out there, if nothing else, and get um, cow tags. Because I'm kind of like, you know, I've never been, and I I don't know why, elk has never really excited me all that much. Um, But after going out there last year and and hearing them bugle and seeing a few, it got the blood boiling a little bit. (laughs) So I do think it's something that I want to do, but I really really don't care if it's a, if it's a bull or cow elk, I think I just want to go out there and and take one and and have right. the meat in the freezer kind of thing. Um, oh, it's
1: fine eating.
0: Oh, I know I've I've had it. It's it's good eating, and I'll be honest, I like bear. Um, I've heard a lot of people say it. they don't care for bear, but I love it.
1: I enjoyed the bear really much. Yes, we we. Matter of fact, I don't think we have very much left in the freezer from the you know the past two bears that I've shot. Uh, we we do eat it up, and uh, I've cooked it for the... For the guys here at work, and uh, they they loved it. You know, it was like wow, I I wouldn't expect it to uh, taste like that. And I was like, well, I guess if you you know you cook anything with some uh onions and some gravy in it, you can make it taste good.
0: <laughs> for for the most part, I would agree with you. I had a I had a bunch of the guys. When we were on our hog hunt a couple of weeks ago. Without going into a lot of detail, a, a, a rattlesnake ended up going into the in the deep fryer and uh you know what i just don't think there's enough ketchup on the planet it, <laughs> uh, and, and for a lot of reasons but but that you know it didn't go to waste it just i i couldn't i
1: hear you uh, i've never eaten it well, and i'm not going
0: to go into the reasons why on the podcast but uh, i we'll, we'll talk about it after we after I stop All recording right. but yeah i couldn't i couldn't make myself do it man but Corey, i do i know you've had a long day you've been working you you pretty much messaged me as soon as you were done with work i think and and i I need to give you your night back so we're gonna wrap this one up uh i'll be honest with you i've had a great time talking with you we might have to do this again man i think there's a lot more we could we could spend another hour talking about but uh oh
1: yes sir for sure we we could could probably talk a lot longer than an hour about hunting
0: (laughs) well i really appreciate you joining me i really hope sometime in the near future i get to get to shake your hand maybe even share a hunting camp with you, you know, somewhere but i've really really enjoyed talking to you thank you so much for coming on the show
1: i enjoyed it as well and i hope we can share a camp someday that would be great
0: all right buddy well for everybody else i hope you really enjoyed this one hopefully nick will make it back with me next week but regardless we'll have uh, another episode for you next week until then take care all
1: see y'all later